With me today is Mr. Wade Lightheart, co-founder and president of BioOptimizers, uh, a digestive and health optimization company. Wade, welcome to the Restroom Recovery Podcast. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me and uh, delighted to talk about this topic, which is really close to my heart. I've had some experiences on that. so. Yeah, I'd like to, to dig into that a little bit. So how does one start a digestive health company? Like what is the kind of Genesis 1-1, uh, yeah. so to speak, story? Well, I think um, first and foremost, my background was a personal trainer and as it was my business partner. Uh, we're both uh, sports nutritionists, exercise physiologists uh, who were primarily focused on aesthetics and performance Him in around okay. uh, mixed martial arts and myself around the bodybuilding world. And I had uh, some success in the bodybuilding world and uh, capturing an, a number of national titles and eventually competing at the Mr. Universe. And my first trip to the world championships in 2003, I, uh, when I got done with that, um, I had a complete digestive breakdown. I gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks. So I went from wow. Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow because... <laughs> The performance-based diet and training program had pushed my body into extreme burnout, um, both internally and externally. Mm -hmm. And on the internal side, um, once I got done, that my body was trying to capture the vac, which really resulted in a lot of weight gain. And because um, you know, I was on calorie deprivation for 11 months and all this sort of stuff and training at an insane level and all that stuff. Um, and I met a doctor and he taught me, um, he had helped rebuild people from the inside out. Okay. And he was talking about enzymes and probiotics and the transfer of food and what was right and all these sort of things that no one was talking about 20 years ago. And uh, he was the picture of health. He was like in his seventies, he was the most, he was the literally the poster guy that you would want to be when you were seven. He was lively. He was energetic. He was strong. He was vibrant. He was cognitively uh, just laser sharp. And I'm like, wow, obviously this guy knows something you want. And I went to him and said, well, I don't get it. What's, what's going on here? I got the best coach. I've got Spartan discipline. I've been recognized at the aesthetic idea of the world. And somehow I'm not missing something. He says, and he taught me, he said, he said, Wade, you've learned to build a body from the outside in. I'll teach you how to build a body from the inside out. And I followed his program and started transforming my digestive health. And within six months, not only did I uh, recapture my physique, but I recaptured my health and experienced a new level. And from there, Matt and I started a company. We coached about 15,000 people on some of these processes to help high-performance athletes avoid the same problems that uh, we had run into. And then um, I had a holistic health clinic in Vancouver, and then we rebranded the company as Bioptimizers a few years later, because we're really into human optimization. And we were always about human optimization from an aesthetics and performance side, but then we incorporated the health side of it as well, especially as we got older and into our middle age and you start to realize you want to live long as well as live strong. And right. it's maybe whether you can extend your lifespan or not is still unknown, but we're pretty confident that we can extend the quality of our life until the expiry date comes. And maybe we can extend it as well. So we've concentrated a lot on those areas. And so we moved, started in digestion, we moved to nervous system and then to brain optimization, which are the areas of degeneration that happens when one starts to burn out. And, uh, and burnout is, there's a slow burnout called aging. And then there's a fast burnout, which is called some sort of uh, physiological or mental or emotional crisis usually due to an inability to recover from the demands that one has put on themselves in your life. And yeah. I experienced that again 
as an entrepreneur about um, three, four years ago, I was running three companies. Uh, I had taken work two years. I was traveling all over the world and I worked two years uh, straight. I didn't take a day off. And uh, I can remember sitting on the couch one day saying, you know, I'm thinking watching of half a game of the NFL. What right. was my plan? And it was a playoff game. I was like, I want a half a game. I think I can do that. And feeling guilty. And, <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time says, wait, there's, there's something wrong here. If you're feeling guilty to watch an hour and a half of football, something's yeah. really off here. And I realized that, but I had gotten so locked into this outcome that I was willing to do whatever it took to get there. And that burned me out. I did a, uh, a, a brain test. My brain electrical energy was like a 75 year old man. My nervous system was shot from using stimulants and stuff to keep myself going. And um, my emotional state, I would say was less than amicable. And so I made some lifestyle changes and I also started adding super physiological dosages of magnesium, which corrected the condition in a few months. Wow. That's an amazing story. Uh, you, you hit on like six things. Uh, one register with me to some degree on the burnout in, in what seems culturally a systemic thing. Yes. Uh, culturally, uh, just corporately, especially, and I'm sure more for you on the entrepreneur, but even in corporate America where, you know, the water cooler talk was the 2 a.m. Hey, look what I did. Got up at five. And you could probably port that in just about any other demographic for success or, or high performance. So you mentioned stimulants and that, that's one thing I had recently in my mind um, where whenever we're trying to work on our health or pr produce energy, it is always the gin up the system rather than kind of fix the baseline to build from. Does that make sense? Well, there's, you know, there's levels to the game and how a person wants to approach it. So you can look at, um, you can look at a variety of different parameters. And we, we've written a book recently called From Sick to Superhuman, which helps identify 10 different factors, which people can look at and get data com components to specialize. Um, what typically happens is we have, we start at kind of broad based uh, ideologies, which are blanket coverage over a wide segment of the population and doesn't account for individual um, genetics, uh, nervous system development, internalized capabilities, cognitive capacity, uh, um, mutations, uh, stimulations from the environment, uh, hormonal cap capabilities, uh, widespread or, or micro deficiencies um, around nutrients and predispositions for conditions as well as um, energetic or electrical nervous system capacity. And so all of those things are going to kind of culminate in leading a person to a burnout. So what might burn out one person would be low output for another. And what happens in the world of giving information out is it runs on a bell curve. And so the people where you've nailed whatever, how many of those points that were right, or maybe singular points that was the deciding factor for that individual become the raving fan. And the one that gives the testimony that you read on the website, right. the person where that was actually the counter ingredient or system or, uh, you know, methodology to go. Uh, they're the one that starts the haterade parade against you. <laughs> and then they move on and 
fall victim to the same claim because they continue on, they find what was the quote unquote cure for their situation. Right. They become an advocate of that, which in many cases appears to be the polar opposite of the original remedy. And then you have a tribalism that emerges on media and the, the, the tribes chieftains who advocate this and slam the other, and this is proliferated into the digital universe, leaving the individual uh, severely uh, confused as to which methodology is appropriate for them. And so what I would say is what's the beauty of this situation. And one of the things that I advocate is we now have the capabilities as an individual to get extremely granular on the tests that we can apply to ourselves, and to be able to source out a functional medicine practitioner that will be able to number one, initiate the testing and initiate customized results for you, the individual that allows you to completely manage your internal state and your capability to perform in the outside world. And that's what I ended up doing. And I can say, I knew about a lot of it, but when you're pushed and you're going back to your original question, how do you get started in this business? Well, generally the best companies are built by people who had a problem themselves and they needed it solved. And so I had a digestive health problem. I had a nervous system problem. I have a cognitive problem. I had a work problem. So I had to solve all those problems. And it turns out they were the problems for a lot of people. And then, so we provide insights, tools, education, and resources, as well as products in order to support that journey for other people. Well, uh, so that was a little bit of information. Correct. Uh, <laughs> I, I speak in gusts, so uh, 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 my apologies for that. Uh, no problem. Um, so break it down. Like, how do we how do we boil? And I think that's part of the thing too in the culture is where you've got the we mentioned already the burnout culture and yep. and, and advocating no rest and no recovery and and then the things that you eat are advocated by organizations all for profit, but often aren't really helpful foods. They're just fillers. Um, how do you reclaim that when there is so much information out there and um, people even in, in the space you're in um, turn into like political debates of either or rather than this continuum to just advocate for health? Correct. And I think first and foremost, as soon as you enter into the WWW world in form of a debate, you are you are entering into an opportunity cost um, situation that you're not able to recognize. The surface level communications that is going to transpire in those conditions likely will not give you um, a return on your time investment. From the standpoint, you're not going to get granular into what is causing the burnout in your own life. Yeah. So what you get, uh, uh, and I think, the first principle of looking at burnout is recognizing that we've become a voyeuristic cult culture mm -hmm. that we've not are participating in our life. We are observing life under the guise of participation. So I'm scrolling through social media. I'm on YouTube. I'm on a forum. I'm on, on whatever these things in the thing. And I'm getting a feedback of dopamine loop, which is yes. designed through nature to, through the cultivation of a, a reward mechanism to develop neurological connections for it, say throwing a spear better or picking better berries. These were survival mechanisms that the brain has so that we could repeat behaviors that led to uh, health. What's interesting about the digital world is that we, we get the cognitive experience that we know something 
but that's the difference. It's not the, it's the application of where the dopamine loop should be built. Yeah. The new, the new behavior. So what we want to concentrate on is behavior modification. And if you go to a book by James Clear, uh, which is very timely called Atomic Habits. Love that book. And, and so if we're, let's, let's evaluate a burnout. When I got into burnout, you can keep in mind, I have a geneticist. I have uh, an uh, a, a epigenetic expert. I have hormone experts, natural, like I, I'm very well researched in this area, but I still led to this. Why? Okay, well, I had to assess. Why did I get into the situation? Number one, I'm not leveraging all the tools that I have available. Number two, I'm spending a disproportionate amount of time on the performance side of thing and not enough time on rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. Because what's happened, I've become a victim of my own success. And what it is, is I was able to function on four, five, six hours sleep. I was able to travel the world in planes and, and deal with different time zones and multiple companies. I had become so good at performance that and, and, and um, artificially enhancing my performance with the various tools on the positive side. I was a disproportionate amount of energy was going in that area and not enough on the recovery aspects of my emotional and my psychological. So my performance psychology became a, almost a defense mechanism, a rationalization for things that I didn't want to pay attention to, whether that's aging or economic benefit or uh, social status or whatever reason we end ourselves up into burnout. Yeah. The driver. driver. Yeah. We want to be partner in the group. We want to make a hundred million dollars. We want to be super dad or super mom for the kids. Yeah. Um, We want to be the number one on the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the organizations that we're a part participant on. We want to be uh, great in our education system, whatever that, whatever we've created as an identification with that's really emotionally impactful that we want to rise to the highest levels. The, the consequence of that is the higher or the more that you push towards something or achieve to something, the more likely you are susceptible to the consequences of that result. So there is the acquisition of the, the outcome, the goal, the direction, yeah. the status, whatever that is. But consequently, there's going to be some other area of your life that is going to suffer. And I think that if we if we look at our lives objectively and determine what it is that we want to do and how, you know, what we're willing to do and how we want to identify or be in the world, which I think is great, but let's also do a cost benefit analysis. What's the cost benefit? What are, where are the potential areas where things could go wrong? And that's where we need tight feedback loops with our family members, with our business partners and with our healthcare practitioners. And if we line those check-ins with those people on a regular basis, and have some sort of mechanism of monitoring that we will not enter into burnout because you know your partner's going to say, "Hey, Wade, you know what? I've noticed you're a little crabby than lately. Uh, you know, your business right. partner's going to say, you know, I noticed you're dropping the ball a little bit here. Maybe you're overcommitted. Your mm-hmm. health guy is saying, "Hey, you know what? Your triglycerides are up. Your uh, deep sleep is not uh, where it should be." And these little indicators that you can kind of bypass on the way to success now become, um, you know, checkpoint Charlie's to say, hey, you know what? Why don't we turn off the gas or why don't we put, spend a little bit more time in recovery? So now I literally have a biohacking house in, in my house. 
Yeah. I've got beds, I've got machines, I've got devices, I've got a commitment to my meditation, my process. I dropped one of my businesses that I was doing and really peeled back my life. And what's interesting is life is better, is better than ever. And uh, I think for your listeners, they have to recognize that it's going to be better and you're going to perform better if you do the things that you're not willing to, to give yourself at a some sort of martyrisk kind of mentality that you want to become yeah. a martyr for the goal. And I think high performers are striver type mentalities and oftentimes martyr themselves uh, unconsciously. So, yeah. Uh, well, and I think, you know, a lot of what you said can resonate with me a bit with my own burnout and experience where, and I, and I, I do this still, I'm, I'm, I feel like I just did it again, where I'm, I'm trying to do all the things at once and they're all good things, but the hard part is to discern um, which of those things to peel off and that can be delayed uh, and which of those things are going to, and maybe never even get to. Uh, but which are the things that are going to fulfill you? And it's, and you know, some of it, it sounds like too, for me, it, as I look back was, what was my key driver? Was I chasing or pursuing something? Mm. And like, and I think there's a difference in the two in the heart of the matter of that is, is to me, the way, the way I look at the pursuing, there's an internal intrinsic value that you're going to get when you achieve it, but it, but it's for, I'll say righteous means, right? You're doing it and it connects with you. But if you're chasing, there's an external driver, you're doing it for someone else, some kind of validation or whatever. Um, anyway, that, that, that's something that I've been wrestling with. And I still kind of do this herky jerky with trying to overconsume at times doing again, the good things. Yeah. Well, that's the other interesting component that we live in a, in a, in a plethora of information bombarding us. And the nature is to compare ourselves to an idea or recognize there may be a variety of things that we could be doing to improve our performance. Yeah. What we oftentimes don't evaluate care carefully is how many things I can do in order to reach my goals and whatever I'm in pursuit of. But it's, I think we need to look at is how many things can I eliminate in pursuit and, and I think we're at that tipping point inside of a digitally driven world where the amount of things you could do, there's not enough time, energy, capabilities, cognitive capacity to integrate all those things. Right. So can you implement what is understanding? What is the, what is the tolerance level that I can have while keeping a quote unquote uh, benefit cost ratio or, or to my the consequences of trying to implement everything. So let's say I can do, maybe I want to do 10 things in my business, but really I can only implement two of those things in this quarter. So how do I figure out which two things are gonna give me the most response and for the most effective efficiency? And then how do I push the eight, either the next quarter, next year, or eliminate them completely or outsource them to someone else? And it, depending on where you are in your in the pursuit of that goal and your resources available is going to determine that process. But I think in order to do that, what we have to take is uh, something I learned from J.P. Sears recently, the famous comedian who was really funny. I had him on my yes. podcast. No, did you? 
Yeah, and I, I asked JP, I said, how is it that you're so prolific in the production of your comedy? I mean, comedy is pretty, it's a pretty intense process. You've got to figure out, you know, kind of something that would be humorous, look at things. And so there's a, but there is a tr tremendous amount of volume of this yeah. production in his life. I said, how do you do that? And he says, I plan what he called white spaces, blank spaces in his life, where his calendar had literally space for him to not do anything, but to just walk around, think or whatever. And so I incorporated that into my own life. I was like, well, that seems like a good idea. Let me try that. And so I changed around my schedule. I told my assistant that I was person uh, that I was doing my fitness training at a certain time in the afternoon, when in fact, I'm actually getting up and getting it in early. I'm getting it early in the day before <laughs> I'm on the schedule. And then that, that space, because she's not filling it and I'm not taking it, it's seen as a workout time, but it's actually a space time for me. So the calendar looks good from her standpoint. It looks good from my standpoint, but I've had these free spaces. And in those free spaces, I go for a walk at the beach. I go down to do a recovery thing at the Bulletproof Labs. Um, sometimes I just sit here and chill out and shoot pool with my friends or talk to a friend. And I've become more creative and more capable and my companies have done better than they've ever done before. Uh, and it feels easier. That is awesome. You know, I wrote that down, plan white spaces. Um, yeah. and I think that's a key indicator as you, to the previous point is, is the value of the internet is that you, you've learned about a lot more things out there, but there's no regulator, there's no filter to, to discern what's appropriate for me. And then you see all the candy coated aspects of it. And then you're like, I, and, and FOMO, fear of missing. Oh out. yeah. Oh man, I'm not, did you get the latest episode? And your buddy says, did you see Huberman the other day and what he was talking about? Did he, yeah. you know? And it's like, oh, uh, oh I gotta watch another video, right? And then you're in, you're in voyeuristic nature. Yeah. You're getting the dopamine loop. Oh, I learned this really cool neurological hack from Huberman. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on my phone watching this while my significant other is wondering why I'm not paying attention to it. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, you know, as a father of three, uh, unfortunately, I have to admit, I've been guilty of that, where, again, it's, it's the good things and consuming information. But then also the other thing is, how many times have I consumed all these things from brilliant people? and actually apply it in my life. And it's that action gap um, that you're kind of speaking to. Yeah, yeah. And so this is the big challenge of our life right now is, is being able to curate how much data you're coming in and how much you're outputting. And that ratio deals with performance. And we've got it backwards recently because it's so enticing to mm -hmm. learn thing or a new skill and you know this podcast is another example of people are listening to it or watching it and so what i'm encouraging you guys to do when you hear this is take it from someone who's burnt out a couple of times on my performance parameters is that becoming militant about your schedule in your input to output ratio and and then in between the input and the output needs to be connection with the people that you love and the recovery so that you can show up for those people as well as your performance goals at your best level, not feeling guilty and not feeling burned out. 
that's the optimal state that I think people are trying to dial in and yeah. we're seeing more of it. People are becoming aware of it. We've hit the <laughs> tipping point. Some people are going to lose them into the metaverse and they'll be gone and other people will pull back for a greater uh, a sense of a human experience. Yeah. Well, for one, I think that last minute was probably monumental uh, talking point on, on reclaiming. So how do we circle back to the building blocks? Yeah. Um, you mentioned three of them, what is like the gut or nutrition, you've got the nervous system. Uh, there was a third one I'm drawing a blank on now, but how do we, how do we go back to that nutritional? Cause there's the gut brain connection and, and it all, you know, so much of the immune system is in the gut. So how, how do we start that process of rebuilding, assuming a lot of folks listening are at or near burnout? Well, first and foremost, um, I think we need to address a couple issues. Number one, EMF exposure, uh, mm -hmm. electromagnetic pollution and blue lights and uh, electromagnetic frequency are significant. So a couple simple, easy things that you can do right off the bat. Number one, um, turn off all your screens at least an hour and ideally two or three hours before you go to bed. Number two, you can add blue light blockers. So blue light changes our circadian rhythms. Every living organism on the planet has circadian rhythms. Put your blue light blockers on because a lot of us are interacting digitally and that creates yep. a stimulatory effect on the nervous system. Number three, um, create a sleep ritual. If we look at the data, um, people are suffering from, it's particularly in the United States, of poor quality sleep. So shut off your Wi-Fi's if you're in the area. Some people have to, you know, get rid of the dirty plugs, depending if you're, there's going to be a variance between how sensitive you are to EMFs. Some people are super sensitive, some middle, some less. But get as many EMFs as you can out of your life. Uh, reduce the lighting in your bedroom. Uh, blue lights, alarm clocks, all these sort of things that have lights, get rid of them all, shut off your phones, put them on airplane mode, all that sort of stuff. So you're not getting these uh, upticks. Track your sleep. Have a sleep tracker, like an aura ring or something like that, which will give you a little bit of data that you can go, what did I do? What did I not do? Don't eat before you go to bed. Give yourself two, three hours before you eat. Cut your stimulants off by early in the day. By midday, you do not want to be taking any more stimulants because it's caffeination or any of the cognitive enhancers that people are now using today. So, that, that, so those things are very simple and easy things that you can implement right away. Yeah. Then you want to optimize your diet for your body. Now, some people like multiple meals a day. Some people like one meal a day. Some people like intermittent fasting, figure out which one is best for you. And there's variants within genetics, a, a, a practitioner. I would say take a spectrocell test and a hormone test. Spectrocell? SpectraCell is a nutritional test that uh, tells how well you absorb and utilize vitamins and minerals and which ones you are deficient in. Um, it's state of the art. It's way better than a blood test, the regular blood test. They spin your blood and you can see this. And so you can identify the nutritional deficiencies. And for me, that was magnesium, which actually is hmm. common, very common. Yeah. And what's interesting about how overstimulation happens is we have these amazing channels, these calcium magnesium pumps inside our body. And when we're exposed to a lot of blue light and electromagnetic pollution, we input more calcium into the cell. And in order to change that, we need more magnesium and potassium. And particularly, we, most of us get enough potassium, but not enough magnesium, although some people don't get enough potassium. So by uh, adding and ensuring that we have enough potassium and magnesium, we, we 
we rebalance that and we tend to be able to calm down. We move out of fight or flight into rest and relaxation. Okay. We move into rest and relaxation. This is where you get more regenerative uh, recuperation. Mm -hmm. So you can sleep eight hours or you can sleep six hours or you can sleep 10 hours. A person who can get into this regenerative state sleeping six hours will feel more rested than the person at 10 hours. So if your performance hawk, like many of us are that are listening to it, if you've been burned out, you're probably a performance hawk, then you can recognize this. How do I improve the performance of every single facet? Okay, how do I exercise in a way that I get maximum efficiency uh, from metabolic factors? Regulates blood sugar, my triglyceride levels are lower, my blood pressures go, my waist size is of the appropriate level uh, based on my age and my height. If you have those parameters built into your exercise room, you can design an exercise routine that gives you maximum benefit with minimal liabilities and minimal overstimulation of the nervous system. So mm -hmm. choosing the right training modalities for your body and your lifestyle that makes you feel good, makes you feel energized as opposed to, you know, like for me, um, how I train is, is evolving a lot. Now I'm spending yeah. more time on mobility. I have a guy that comes in here twice a week to work on uncorking tight muscles and stuff. I'm 50 years old. It's not like I was when I was 25, right? right? I'm changing the, the output of my training volume. So I train quite frequently because I like to train and it makes me feel good, but I've lowered the volume and I've lowered the intensity of my workouts. And that's allowed me, and I'm in fantastic shape you know, since probably the best shape I've been in, in 10 years by doing less and doing it more efficiently. Yep. And that's counterintuitive. You think, well, I should train harder or diet. No, I'm actually doing less and getting more from it because I'm working within my recovery modalities. Same thing at work. I'm working literally half the amount of time I was four years ago in my burnout. Yep. And my companies have, uh, since that point have 10 X in value. Wow. Okay. So wow. I got a 10 second value doing half the work in half the time. I'm in better shape than I was. And I feel better than I was because I've been implementing these. Now we've gone deeper. I supplement with a lot of magnesium and B12 because those are two areas that I'm very deficient in. Magnesium is very calm. That's the calming effect one. Um, looking at your hormones. So particularly as women go through menopause You're right. or, or men go through, uh, go through male menopause andropause right? yeah yeah or menopause um, as i like to call it yeah menopause well <laughs> you have to recognize that shifts in your hormonal state so if you are in a stressed out mode you produce more cortisol mm -hmm. now that cortisol can go one of two ways about 80 percent of the time it'll generate more estrogen in the body that gives you the beer belly that gives you the less drive the kind of softness all that sort of stuff in 20% of the population, it'll go to, to, for men, it'll drive more testosterone production, which you would want. Hmm. Um, but over a prolonged period of time, it leads to the degeneration of the nervous system and hormonal output. So regulating your cortisol component, these down regulators, uh, morning sun in the morning to recalibrate. I oftentimes I'll get up and do my meditation outside in the, in the sunshine here in California. If you're in a dark place, red light therapy. I also have a red light sauna I get into in the morning where I turn yeah. on the red lights and get a good sweat going. And that light pours into me and my body heats up and I feel tremendous doing that. 
and then having uh, things that downregulate the nervous system in the evening to get you relaxed. I've got a variety of PEMF devices, uh, NanoV, um, and then uh, brain tap devices, things like that. Things to kind of shut my brain off, get me into a relaxed, calm state. And once I'm in that state, I work on not reactivating. Stay away from the violent movies. Stay away from the stimulation. Stay away from the eating. Yeah. Uh, read a book. Keep the lights down low. Put on some oil. So you and as you're regulating through this, you start to get feedback, and then the, the process becomes addictive. And that's like, oh, I can improve this a little bit more. So you can start using the same mentality for excellence to drive excellence in the recovery, and then your result is guaranteed. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. I, you know, the last point on uh, the movie, I noticed that recently where I'm sure, you know, we all still get out of whack a little bit, Sure. Um, but doing those practices, you see, I think you, when, when you get enhance your practice like that you're talking about, you then see the negative impact more severely when you get off the rails and you're, and then it, to me, amplifies the need for the guardrails or the bear, the boundaries um, to maintain that style, healthy lifestyle. Cause we watched something, um, stayed up a little bit too late watching it. And it was a pretty intense movie or series. And I'm like, I can't go to bed now. Like, yeah. I was just tense. Like I could feel it in my body. And I'm just like, this is not the forecast of bed, not of sleep, but it was like, I'm probably not going to sleep well. So I just knew don't worry about the scores. Um, it's going to be low. And I'll take one other uh, opportunity here too. You know, I think it's important to recognize if you're a high performer, and I would suspect you are, and I would suspect that the listeners here who are led to burnout are probably more on the high performer side, then you want to be able to up the efficiency and output during your other time as well so that you can say I've earned my recovery because oftentimes there's a psychological component that hey I can't take the time off it's a great point so how do you enhance the efficiency of your output side so um, I've hired a number of coaches to assist me in putting in the guidelines and guardrails for my own self mm -hmm. and um, I've instructed my assistants to, to maintain those parameters for how I communicate in the outside world. I eliminated my social media. My social media is run through a group. So I'm not in the scrolling prone because I, I know I'm going to it. I just, I just scroll till I drop. Yep. So outside of that, I don't miss it. And I've spent more time on deeper conversations with the people I love instead of surface communications from social media. I'll pick up the phone and I'll call them. Now, there is a piece where you will feel a little bit less connected and you have to be okay with that. I'm not, I don't have a lot of surface space connections now. The connections are deeper and longer and more fulfilling. And it's been wonderful to reconnect into that depth of connection with humanity uh, that I'm really enjoying. And I think you'll really enjoy. But then on the other side of it, we also... We also developed a variety of cognitive enhancers to address um, three areas that deal with burnout. So in burnout, you have to identify what is your dominant neurochemical uh, group. So most people who are subject to burnout are going to be dopamine, acetylcholine dominant. Okay. okay. It's, it's gold medalists, performers, CEOs, and executives tend to be on that side. If you're in, 
you know, GABA or serotonin, you're probably an artist or a caregiver or something like that. Um, so you can take a Braverman test online, or you can go to one of our sub-brands, Newtopia, and do a test where we can ascertain where your neurochemical dominance is. So once you understand your neurochemical dominance, you can say, okay, I am going to, the feeling of burnout is that we don't have enough, we're not able to manufacture enough neurotransmitters for our central nervous system and brain so that we can replenish those in a way that allows us to perform at the levels that we'd like to. Or the other thing is, is that we get um, depleted. So there's dominance, yeah. there's depletion, and there's deficiency. So depletion happens, for example, which is prolific amongst children who are on social media so much that you, every time that you turn on that loop or you get a text message or you get a feedback from social media, you get a dopamine response and you react it. And so what people are depleting is their dopamine levels. And now they don't feel motivated to go to the gym or they don't feel motivated to take action on the thing they do it because they're in depletion. Yep. So whatever neurochemical that you have a lot of or that you're most dominant is what you're most likely deplete. So you need to be able to implement the behaviors and the nutrition that is going to support your neurochemical dominance. The third piece is, and this goes back to your digestive component, and that is um, deficiency. Many people do not experience the full range of emotional and cognitive abilities because they're deficient in a variety of neurochemicals, for mm -hmm. example, serotonin, which is a connectedness, feel good. That's the uh, opposing aspect of depression. And we have 15% of the population that are depressed. What does depressed mean? It means that you're not able to produce enough of the neurochemicals that allow you to feel happy or connected or normal. 95% of your serotonin is made in your gut and is made by a specific group of bacteria that convert uh, proteins concerned into amino acids, which are formed into neuropeptide chains that make these uh, neurochemicals. And what we've been able to identify is that if you provide your body with these key probiotics and at the right prebiotics with them, in other words, you feed them properly in combination with addressing the deficiencies in your neuro, uh, your uh, mineral content, particularly magnesium, very high in the formation of neurochemicals. Uh, B12, B vitamins, B6, these, uh, you provide those, proliferate your intestinal tract with those probiotics, those precursors, making sure you're getting the high quality uh, proteins that get digested into amino acids and converted over into those neuropeptide chains. All of a sudden people feel switched on and they feel relaxed or they feel recovered or they have a full range of neurochemical uh, capabilities and possibilities that they, they lost during the burnout. Right. And so what we can do is we can actually turbocharge our recovery by providing essentially more trucks and more workers to the manufacturing of the neurochemicals that led to the depletion or deficiency in our, so whether it was de depletion of or deficiency of, we can address those uh, through the gut okay. and brain, the gut brain access so that we can optimize it. And then we can actually provide the specific neurochemical cocktails on a daily benefit that will enhance creativity, focus, connectivity. And uh, we partnered up with, uh, we call him Mr. Newts. He's a neurochemist who was able to crack those codes because of his own family's bipolarity and neurochemical deficiencies. He was motivated for it. 
And uh, we built a company around that, which we now have literally no bad days. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we went after it. So the good thing that happened was severe burnout for myself and my business partner. And we figured it out and built uh, products and services as well as processes in order to help people address neurochemical burnout and move into neurochemical optimization where you where you do have that increased capability while building in the recovery side of things. That's, that's kind of the, the panacea, right? Um, that we're, we're trying to get it all in balance as everyone talks about and being able to, to, to do all the things. Um, I lost my train of thought. I was going to ask on that last piece, but um, where do you, so that last company you mentioned, is it all part of Bioptimizers? Or? Yeah, so that, that company is called Newtopia. Okay. Um, it's a playground for your mind. And it's been our latest offering. It's just to give you an idea about that. I mean, we started that company, uh, we started using um, Mark's products about nine months ago. Yeah, probably about nine months ago. And we were able to... And our whole, we put our whole executive team on the process and we were able to triple uh, our company's size in a year and it felt less. And we were able to do that largely because we were able to do more effectively and, and then have that recovery time on combination. So it wasn't just the Newtopia product, which are amazing. They're totally game changers as far as it's customized nootropics for individual brains. We actually take a people through a process and it's- oh, wow. It's, yeah, so we're the first commercially available customized nootropic formulation because no other nootropic company was addressing neurochemical individuality. And we're imp continually improving that process through our app, which people are putting in their feedback, which is allowing us to tweak and customize formulations on mass and then individually as well. So we're seeing more data points and more points so that we can dial in people's responses even better. That's and it's only gonna get better. Uh, so that's one side of it. But then the other side of it, uh, we wrote a book called Sick to Superhuman and Bioptimizers, which were also helping people identify these things that are outside uh, a product type that, that can solve their problems. But these are practice oriented things mm -hmm. that people can implement and do. And as well as where do they go for the data points? Where do you get the information so that you can make um, lifestyle modification that will help you achieve your goals. And so we, um, you can go to Amazon and get that or go to our website. And, and then and then foundationally, I give away a free course on Bioptimizers, which is called the Awesome Health Course, which took 30 years of my industry experience and put it in a sequential format called the Awesome Formula so that people could put the first principles. What do I need to spend the most time and energy on in what order? So, you know, we go air, we go water, we go exercise, which are the three non-negotiables. Then we get into sunlight, we get into optimizers, we look at mental beliefs and attitudes, and then we look at education, testing, coaching. How do you monitor it? How do you get help around it? And how do you test so that you know where you are at any given time and whether you're improving or deproving, right? And once you have that in place as an overall functionality, then the, the world's your oyster and you can, you can tweak the machine the way that you want and your life completely changes. And that's why we're becoming well-known as a, what they call a biological optimization company. How do we optimize your individual biology to achieve the goals that you want without burning out and navigating a rapidly technologically advancing world without losing our humanity? Yes. Yeah. That's the goal in our operational parameters and we love doing it. 
And that last part is a, is a key one is like, how do you live uh, what I've heard an integrated lifestyle with technology, like n- recognize it, like it's here. We're able to do this You're We're doing the East, West coast, East coast, West coast uh, conversation. Um, but how do you understand uh, those boundaries and barriers? So it, it sounds like you guys are doing like a full, I'll call it the wellness wheel, uh, a full spectrum of, of how to live this life well. Yeah. And, you know, Matt and I, um, for him and I, we're, we run the company together. We follow completely different dietary philosophies. We have completely different um, ideas about the tech human interface mm-hmm. and, and how far we want that to go. We're, we're almost polar opposites on both of those components. Interesting. And, but there's room for that. And I think there's value inside of that, that we're not attached to any one way. We're looking mm. at broad spectrum and allow the individual to determine how deep they want those integrations to go right. and which, which things are more important to them as a human um, and deciding because we're all going to be faced, I think, in this generation with maybe the biggest, um, well, the biggest evolutionary step of that's hit homo sapiens <clears throat> history. And that is at what level are we going to allow the integration with artificial intelligence? Yeah. And, you know, we have uh, genetic mutate capabilities now with CRISPR genes to be mutate genetics or change genetic sequencing. And how deep do you want to go that to go? Do, is it just around disease prevention or is it into the generation of super people or is it into, uh, you know, the X-Men files? Right. Right. And then, and then what is the interface? You know, you have Elon Musk building devices that connect into your nervous system and people using chips and stuff like that. And, and, and then the data tracking devices and information sharing that goes on with that. And how deep do we want that to go? And what were the potential consequences, the rakes, Ray Kurzweil model of the singularity. Yeah. Oh, we have to face these things, whether we like it or not. And um, the sooner we have that conversation with ourselves and with our family members of where we want to go and how deep we want the integration to be or to or what depth do we say that's enough? Yeah, that's a conversation that needs to be revisited regularly because of the advancement of technology. And the thing is, with technology is the technology doesn't burn out. We do. (laughs) That's right. There's no limit to the amount of information or things that can be sent to us. But that is a consumption-based model. And if you look at Adam Smith's model of what's made America so great is that in order to produce the increase of value, you have to produce more than you consume. And we've got into the world of more consumption than production. And that disbalance shows up as burnout and dysfunction and dissatisfaction. And I think we found a ways around it, but we just need to talk about it. Yeah. That's a great point in having those hard conversations uh, to really get it out there and be able to wrestle through the solutions. And no, like you were saying with you and your partner, there's a spectrum, uh, but recognizing it has to be choice at some point. Um, and, and just, again, more the guardrails or the boundaries that are appropriate. And being okay with other people's choices that are polar opposite to yours. Yeah. And, you know, if there's one thing I've learned in the 20 years working with Matt is that we've learned to respect each other's differences 
Um, we certainly challenge them. And I think that's healthy. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's a healthy, you want to have healthy debates with that, which are our opposites, but we don't want to condemn them to tribalistic mentality. It's an us against them. It's they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. And from that, we might be able to learn a better way that we can all benefit from. And I think that's a better approach than to see uh, division as, a, as an absolute amongst our friends, amongst our colleagues, amongst our families, amongst our uh, political opponents in our neighborhoods is we got to get away from this polarization. Yeah. And get back into, hey, we're, we, we truly are uh, sharing this space together. And how do we find a space where we can all manage? Because if you yell, I, I saw a couple people yelling at each other today at the gym at 6 a.m. Uh, about the results of uh, the, the Wittenhouse trial. And based on the conversation that well, they're having or lack thereof, I could immediately see the data point or the source points where they were getting their information. So both parties are, were able to, not able to recognize that this individual went through a trial, went through a, a decision, and, and a, a, a jury that heard the case, a, law, a judge or something, has made a decision. Mm -hmm. These two people were arguing about that decision, and they were dealing with a fragment yeah. of the information that was presented to the jury of that person's peers, yeah. which I found very interesting on itself. So why is that? That's because of an overwhelming plethora of information from sources that are running, not necessarily the truth, but a certain agenda. And it appears that that agenda is division. Yes, uh, I, I would agree with you on that. It's not so really how do we get harmonious. Yeah. How do we get that back? Yes. And so that's to recognize that we're all cells, part of the human family. And that human family extends into the past 10,000 generations and goes into the future 10,000 generations. So if we can consider ourselves as single cells of the same human body throughout all of time and work towards a harmony within that and recognize the differentiation between the cells as important as the differentiation between your bones and your brain. Um, everybody's got to do their piece and they're all part of it. And rather than be diametrically opposed is to say, well, that's interesting. And I am not quite sure I agree with your points, but I recognize you're entitled to them and yeah. you know, let's go along and, and have a workout or a conversation or something else that we can get along. And this Thanksgiving is a good time to consider that. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, and I, you know, to that point we're, we're recording just before Thanksgiving and it's a lot to give thanks for the fact that we're able to have this conversation. The fact that, um, you companies like yourself are out there advocating for the reclaiming of health and, and doing it in a way that, you know, with the advancement of technology, we're able to do it wiser to get that personalization. So it's not a one pill fits all or a one shot fits all. It, it's prescriptive um, because there's, there, as you started out at the beginning of this conversation, um, there's a lot to consider that are yeah. influencers on it. And, and each one of us is, as I've always said, we're all walking chemistry sets and, and, and we're just going to respond differently. You may get a cohort of common response, but even that in of itself, um, you know, has a, not a flaw, but there's other ingredients involved. Well, uh, Wade, 
I want to thank you for your insights, uh, your expertise, and in what you're doing at BioOptimizers. Um, I will say, you know, I met your team at uh, Biohacking Congress in Miami a few okay. weeks back, and uh, the chocolate smoothie sustained me for the weekend. I kept awesome, <laughs> awesome, yeah, protein breakthrough. Yeah, it's an yeah. it's an amazing plant based protein. We just got the berry out. Oh, really? Uh, which is made with real berries, dried berries. It's not artificial flavors. There's no oh, wow. there's no emulsifiers. There's no stabilizers. I believe, and, and I can say this uh, unequivocally since I'm I've probably eat more plant-based proteins than anybody else on the market being a 20-year vegetarian. It is the best tasting plant-based uh, meal replacement on the planet today, without a doubt. Nice. Yeah, well, I will, I will attest. I'm, I'm not saying it just because we're here. The chocolate's phenomenal it's probably some of the best tasting i've ever had uh and i've been able to get one of my kids to drink it who were always looking for some kind of like nutritional supplementation or beverage to to, to kind of add in there um and uh she loves it so that's awesome i love hearing those stories <laughs> they make me happy it's what i'm on this mission for that's awesome. I love the mission and uh, glad to be a small part of it and have you on here. I do like to close things out with a few personal questions, not too sure. heavy, but what yeah. are you reading right now? Um, Jordan Peterson's um, 12 More Rules for Life. Excellent book. Uh, what are you listening to right now? Music or podcast, be it music or podcast. Uh, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, in particularly, um, I listened to uh, Steve Bannon's War Room, Russell Brand's uh, podcast, I forget what the name of it is, and Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. And I feel that covers the full spectrum of political positions since everything's been politicized. Yeah. I want insight from all sides so that I'm, I'm better equipped to connect with people of differing political parties. That's great. That's great. I think that's very wise. I've not checked out two of the three, but I think I will. Uh, all right. Last one. What is your go-to rest and recovery method? Great. Meditation. Meditation. Yeah. Got it. That's one thing I've not dabbled in too much, but I'm interested in breath work. I've done a bunch, but I'll give one more shout out recently. I just got um, an iCloud by a company called Centropics. And I've got a lot of PEMF devices and okay. I don't know, they got a resting recovery switch on this and I've been using it and over the last few days and it's, I've seen profound results in my deep sleep, in my recovery. And I've had a, a long-term shoulder injury that I've had for a year, which I've made more progress on it in the last week that I've been using this. Really? I don't know. I don't know if it's correlative. I don't know if it's causative. All I can say, the only thing I've done different was that, and I and and I'm craving it. So, nice. What was that called again? It's a Centropics. Um, it's called a cloud. I think it's called or whatever. A friend of mine, uh, he, he made the company. He was with another PMF group. I was very impressed with it. So, cool. yeah. uh, awesome. Well, Wade, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, uh, and uh, thank you again. You betcha. Take care. Thank you.